Shawty, come and hop in my ride. I'm talking about that futuristic love. Come and get it. I think I want to Elroy you. So come sex me. A stupid fruity slack. Asking what it's going to be. Lady of the house, want to hop on my ride. Talking about that futuristic blood. Come and get it. I think I want to wake a bake with you. So come join me. This stupid new blue plant print swag. Asking what it's going to be. What's up, baby doll? It's Elroy. Whatever the fuck he said. (laughs) (laughs) We surely want to hop in my ride. I'm talking about that futuristic love. Come and get it. I think I want to Elroy you. Start the show. Okay. Unable to connect to the chat. Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, and good morning, and welcome back to another episode of Wake and Bake with B. Mo Shababa. I am your culture analyst, culture correspondent, culture maker, culture king, Bryant Bimo Brown. Remember the folks remind me to be Mo. Before we get another step further, I want to say good morning to the screen print of my t-shirt, okay? The distilled water to my humidifier. All right. We we'll say good morning to the lady of the house. Good morning, lady of the house. Good morning, sweetheart. How you feel? Okay. How you feel? I'm all right. You know what I mean? Um, I thought I was having a revelation in in the middle of the night, but I still got to think about this revelation, Samo. Yeah, you you didn't tell me. I didn't. It was like four in the morning. I've had a revelation, and then I went back to bed. <laughs> um, as always, we want to give a shout out to the Washington Former Bridge, wibridgedc.com, or at wibridgedc on all social media platforms. Right now, I believe Lafayette. Uh, the president of the paper is at the New York Fashion Week getting his fashion on because this is a fashion ass nigga. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I saw on the story the other day he made his own white t shirt. What? Not like he screen printed onto the t shirt. No, this nigga made his own white t shirt wow. from the rooter to the tutor. <laughs> you feel me? <laughs> Yeah, because he made it from this nigga went and picked the cotton. I don't know how true that is. (laughs) I don't know if he grew the cotton himself, (laughs) but you know, I'm still impressed. But yeah, definitely go check out Washington Informer, WI Bridge DC, and all social media platforms so you can get abreast of what's going on in the city, around the city, through blackness, around blackness, the same way you could do here, okay? Uh, I also have to remind you please subscribe to the new Blueprint newsletter, okay? New Blueprint newsletter, the Lady House is putting up the address on the lower third right now. Spend your $5 a month just on. Uh, uh, the machinations of an exiled revolutionary like myself there we are creating strategy that we believe will be the cultural nuance the cultural difference between the encaptured benighted mind and the liberated uh, 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 enlightened mind so we appreciate y'all for going over to the new blueprint newsletter definitely checking that out we got some new newsletters coming up very 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 soon 
uh, we got a great show today, sweetheart. Okay, we want to uh, we want to talk about some of the TV that I've been doing recently, but also we have a couple of subjects that I think will be interesting conversations for the development of new blueprints. I have been trying to not talk about his punk ass, but we're gonna talk about Noah Lyle's punk ass today. Oh my god. Ugh. Not as bad as Blueface, though. You know what I'm saying? This this is actually an upstanding young black gentleman. Uh, I guess I'll take that spit back. Oh, that's wild. <laughs> Just sucking on live, bro. That's what you're going to do. Um, and then also we want to talk about uh, something that we talked about a couple of weeks ago, which is what is the end point of commercialism and consumerism. Today I want to talk about how I've had to leave La Russell. I know he's not watching and he don't give a fuck, but we're going to talk about it anyway. All right, sweetheart? Mm-hmm. Uh, of, of course, we're going to be gleaning and searching for new Paul Ropes and Negroes of the week. We got our blunt manifestations coming, of course, at midtime, halftime. We got a music video from my girl, Odd Mojo. So, sweetheart, let's, I said, let's go ahead and she listen. Right huh? She right there. In the she, blue bag? Oh, <laughs> it is Odd Mojo. Thank, I don't know hey, Mojo. I don't know, I don't know if the people, I, put, I got to put my elbow down. Can the people, <laughs> can the people see Mojo? Can they see it now? <laughs> Mojo is definitely behind us. She is with us, and she'll also be with us on the show today. To my folks over on Instagram, please come on over to YouTube, see the full face situation, so you can see what the, what my homegirl call it, my happy dolphin face. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Sunny, see a last nigga over here, sweetheart. Where should we Where should we start? What do you think? Oh, Natalie says morning. Good morning, Natalie. Hey, Natalie. How you doing? Where'd Can you, you text the king for us? <laughs> you ask about the king every, I'm going to talk about the king all the damn time, man. My goodness. I don't even know the king's name. Mm-hmm. I don't know the name of the village. I don't know the name of the people. I barely know the name of the country. Okay, Natalie, help me out. <laughs> help it's me. Early. Huh? She said it's early. In the... Oh, in, it, I guess in the day. In the village? Or maybe, today? Maybe, maybe in the Maybe both. What time, what time the king get up, you think? You, you think you're an early riser or you think he sleep all day type of nigga? That's what you question, think? question because like, as the king, you can do both. You could. You could be the early morning king. You could do the, you know what I'm saying, the early morning shows, yeah. the morning drive, daytime television. You know what I'm saying? You could be the king of all that shit or you could wake up after the price is right and you could be the king of the night. You know what I mean? <laughs> you're the king of the night. Bram Shad, we in the club till four in the morning. Well. What? <laughs> Shit, I know niggas who be in the club at 4 o'clock in the morning. They seem like they're having a great time. Ooh. <laughs> huh? Ooh. Well, the, the nigga who did the artwork for this uh, for the show, Dante, <laughs> this nigga be in the club at 4 in the morning, man. <laughs> I was up at 4 o'clock this morning. This nigga was leaving the club last night. <laughs> it's Tuesday, sir. <laughs> but that nigga is having a great time. Let me tell you something. The, the times he is having. Oh, okay. What should we talk about first? We're going to talk about the king. <laughs> uh-huh. Tell the king we want to interview. Um. Ooh. I think maybe Noah Lyles. Oh God. Fine. Uh, <laughs> we don't have to talk. About Fine. It. No, I need to talk about it because it obviously distresses me, and I think it'll be great—a great conversation we could have. Because this is one of those situations we died. <laughs> this is one of those situations where the world. It seems like the whole world is united behind a certain perspective or a certain fact. And I'm looking around like, nobody else see this bullshit? Nobody else see what's going on? <laughs> um, where do we start with our guy, Noah Lyles? You know, um, sweetheart, 
this is going to sound very envious, but maybe this is where it's coming from. Maybe it's coming from a place of envy. You and I, <laughs> this is our 26th episode of this season. Okay. That means we have been uh, doing this show at least this season for 13 weeks. Mm-hmm. 13 weeks. Is that a quarter of a year? Is that more than a quarter of a year? It's about a quarter. About a quarter of a year? We've been doing this. Well, I guess more, you know. A, little, a, a touch more, if you will. We've been doing this for 13 weeks, 26 episodes. And you and I, I believe that through happenstance, but mostly through study and constant conversation and a and a constant filtering of thoughts through a certain framework that yields us a pan-African, Afro-American studies perspective and outcome. I feel like you and I do is do really hard to try to come up with some very innovative thoughts and questions around blackness and how culture should be shaped moving forward. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Uh, but this nigga Noah Lyles has, has somehow been ordained as a truth-telling international megaphone for a certain perspective of non-US centric Sports, and I said a lot of words, but essentially, I feel like a lot of folks are hyping up Noah allows to be an intellectual based on a statement that he made. When in actuality, I believe that statement is part of an arrogant response from a very entitled prick. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I said it. <laughs> yeah, I said it. Don't like to talk about sports often, though, sweetheart. We, we, I say that often on the show because I feel like sports is. Or sports are a divisive topic. If you're not in the world of sports or abreast to the world of sports and the rule of sport, then talking about sport can be isolating. Uh, in an in a article I read probably in like 2014, I said that it, it, the article said that you're not supposed to talk about sports in the office space because it can be divisive and isolating of women. So I, I often think about that when I talk about sports in a public setting, like don't nobody want, don't nobody care about how many points uh, uh uh, Jerry Seckow scored in 1997 on the UNC team. Nobody can. But I have an exception for this point because I feel like this point is uh, uh, allowing me to think about the NBA in a way that I haven't thought about it before. Sweetheart, if you, if you could, I want to play the comments by Noah Lyles and then I want to respond to those comments but I'm hoping that I can take it a different way than just a supporter of the NBA. I want to point out the haterism of this young man, but then also get to a larger point about patriotism around uh, United States-based sports. So if you can go ahead, sweetheart, play that clip. It's a two-minute clip. I'm going to roll this blunt while we get to it. Uh, But I definitely want the people to hear this conversation, which happens before the viral clip, was going to end on the viral clip. We'll be right back with more Waking Back with BMO. I'm going to roll this blunt to y'all. You've also said that you know, the medals are obviously important, but they're also a stepping stone, a, a catalyst to, to doing more for the sport. Yeah. You know, not just not just personally, but for the sport itself. Uh, you know, can you be a little more specific about what you would like to see happen in the sport? What can improve, and, and what can you do to help foster that change? 
I don't think we got three hours to talk about that. <laughs> Let's just say it is a conversation every day that I have with my agent on how we're gonna better this sport. <laughs> but to go back to the beginning of your question, yes, the medals are first because if you don't have the medals, who's gonna wanna pay attention to you? You know, and then after you get the medals, then you get the times, and then you know more and more people gain interest, and now you start being able to go after in, into different directions. Of course, you can go into the nails, you can go into hair, you can go into fashion, you can go into music. You can start collaborating with other people. You can start getting, you know, meeting bigger and bigger, bigger uh, athletes, and then from athletes you go to artists, and from artists you just go to the world, and now you have connections, and everybody's just like, oh wow, he knows him or her, and you know they all are connected. It's just like you know you want to keep up with everybody, and you know just being in that crowd. Uh, just boost the whole idea because right now I the bar is low. It's low. I mean, we, I, I it's low. We come on, guys. You know, I, as I look around this World Championships, I don't see Bo. I don't see Asaga. And I don't see. I don't even see Johan. He's still running. You know, where 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 are all these great champions? As we look at them and we're walking through the tunnel at all these previous world champions, why are they not here? You know, why are we not inviting top level athletes to come watch a world championship? You know, the thing that hurts me the most is that I have to watch the NBA finals and they have world champion on their head. World champion of what? So just to recap, sweetheart, because it might just be me and you on this one. Just to recap, the question is, how can track become a more popular sport? In which y'all's favorite Noah Lyles jumps into a 90 second response, basically saying, first, you got to have the medals. And then after the medals, you can get into fashion and you can get in the hair and you can get in the nails. And then you can get into art and then people will start paying attention. First off, that's shade to Shakari, right? Exactly. Right? She didn't have no medals, but she had the fashion, she had the hair, she had the personality, she had the nails, she had the attention, and then she got the medals and she's already eclipsing Noah Lyles in popularity uh, as not only just a, a track star, but just a cultural star, right? Also, he, he got the, the jewelry and all that, but he didn't have medals at the time when he was wearing his, so... <laughs> so I mean, you know, you know, I don't know if he meddled before, but like, you know, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know. So the question is, how can track become a more popular sport? He throws a little shade at Shakari, saying there's an order to these things. Although he followed that order and probably didn't have the same type of popularity, so he's already confused on how he no allows is not already an international superstar. And then he brings up something that I think has been sitting on his mind for a while, because it don't to me it, the, the how he got to this point doesn't make sense i don't see the sequitur here so without prompting the next comment that noah lyle says is the thing that bothers him the most the most is that nba players have world champion on their head when they are in fact 
not the world champion. They are the champion of the National Basketball Association within the United States. Now, the rest of the world has latched on to this statement and said, you know what? He's right. NBA players are not world champions. (laughs) And to which my response was, who even said that? (laughs) Like, who, what formal title was given to the National Basketball Association's championship that indicated that the NBA players and that league was the best league in the world? Last time I checked, the name of the National Basketball Association uh, championship was the Larry O'Brien NBA Championship. NBA stands for National Basketball Association. Larry O'Brien National Basketball Association champion. Where the fuck is world in that statement? Hmm. Don't worry. I'm going to get to my attitude here in a second. Let me just break down the logic for a second, right? I'm going to get to the attitude. Because, Bima, why you got such attitude about it? I do have a big-ass attitude about it. So, again, the question was, what can you do, Noah Lyles, or what can the sport do, track and field, to be a more popular sport? And Noah Lyles had a two-part answer. One part, don't be like Shakari Richardson. <laughs> Second part, I'm jealous of NBA players because they're considered world champions. Although nobody calls them world champions in a formal level, just informal titles. But I'm going to take this moment on the podium to talk about how U.S. sports are not world sports. Sports world erupts. All the all my favorite people, uh, uh, Bomani Jones, Shannon Sharp, uh, what's that boy name? Mark Lamont Hill, Torrey. Everybody's on the side of Noah Lyles. Like, yeah, U.S. U.S. sports is not world sports. We know this. Mm-hmm. We know this. Noah Lyles goes on to say in this statement that in order for there to be competition for the United States to figure out if they are the best in the world, they must compete against the rest of the world. Isn't that what they do in the Isn't, <laughs> Isn't that what they do? So there has been a conversation in the sports world about whether the NBA who houses the best players in the world actually is the best league and whoever wins that championship could be considered the champion of the world versus what just happened in the FIBA Cup. The United States did not medal in the FIBA Cup. And now all the all the NBA players who are coming out, and I just want to say about the FIBA Cup real quick. The United States did not win the FIBA Cup, but I dare you to name a player that was on the FIBA Cup team. <laughs> Because if the world is gloating that they are better at us at basketball because they beat Anthony Edwards and Austin Reeves, I have to ask the lady of the house. Lady of the house, do you know Anthony Edwards or Austin Reeves? No. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Do you know uh, uh, who else is on that damn team? Do you know them boys who play for the Nets? Other than Kyrie. <laughs> and Kyrie don't even play for the Nets no more. <laughs> this is what I'm saying. This is what I'm saying. So if the lady in the house who knows all the great players, name, great, name, name three great players in the NBA right now, sweetheart. Just go with this name three. Um, Let's see. <laughs> Why well, I got Jerry Stackhouse in my head? <laughs> because I just talked about Jerry Stackhouse. <laughs> uh, does Victor Wimbanyana count? Victor is one. Um, Oh, I like Giannis. Giannis is two. Um... Is Damian Lillard still playing? Damian Lillard. The lady of the house named three players. Interesting, you named two international players. That's interesting. Hmm. Hmm. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. But notice that Dame Lillard is not on the team. No. 
I'm not going there, Bimo. We're not going there. That's not the point. We're not talking about sports. I'm just surprised that the generation who knew how to hollerate in the hatery cannot recognize this obvious hateration in front of us. And, the, and the, he even had a Freudian slip. He said he was bitter. Yeah, he bitter. <laughs> I just don't, I don't understand how the people of the world <laughs> saw this clip and was like, oh man, yeah, the United States is trash and not this nigga a hater. But then that, that, that reveals something to me, sweetheart. That's it. Why I have such an attitude? Why am I so beholden to the NBA? Mm. What is it about the national, the national basketball association that makes me so offended that this young man's quote, this happened two weeks ago, this young man's quote has been pissing me off for two weeks. <laughs> and every time I see a new black intellectual like, Noah Lyle's got a good point, I'm like, this nigga a hater. <laughs> <laughs> but then it dawned on me, sweetheart. I know why the black intellectuals are quick to decentralize the United States in any international conversation. Okay. You know why. Because it's the United States. The <laughs> United States is the world's villain. Mm-hmm. It goes the United States, North Korea, and Russia. That's it. <laughs> Those are the villains of the world. And because we live here, oftentimes it feels like we're the good guys. When in actuality, I feel like the rest of the world is, is laughing at us or cowering at us in some type of uh, colonizing fear. Or don't give a fuck about us. Those are the three options, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I see why an idea of decentering the United States could be very popular amongst black thought, black people, blackness, and thus culture itself. But the reason why I'm so beholden, the reason why I'm so attached to the NBA, I feel like the NBA, I feel like the NBA is the United States' best cultural export. Interesting. And that cultural export is black, not majority black, not inspired by black, may not even have been founded by black, but the NBA is a black cultural asset. Yeah. I can't think of, and someone correct me if I'm wrong, I can't think of another institution that has given more commercial success to black men than any other institution in the history of the world. And I know it is incredibly rare and difficult to get into the NBA but I can't think of another institution that has created more commerce amongst black men than the NBA. I can't think of another cultural institution that is uh, more influenced other than hip hop by blackness. It go hip hop, NBA. And so when I hear an attack on the NBA, I hear an attack on blackness. And ironically, this is one of the rare places where blackness and patriotism actually go hand in hand. If there are things that black folks can be patriotic about, it is basketball. Hmm. 
because our heroes are American-born basketball players who grew up in situations like we did to overcome and thus become masters of their craft. Mm-hmm. That has been the prize of the American dream, the black American dream for as long as I can think of, for as long as the intellectual black American dream might have been alive, but then we intersect with that, it's that black and American thing. It's that thing that, the thing that seems like it shouldn't, oil and water, it shouldn't mix. There should be no black thing and American thing that agree upon each other and create a patriotic mindset. There should be nothing. Except there is, there, there, arguably there are two things. Hip hop started in the park, the park of what? New York City. New York City is where? In America. You get crossed over in the park, the park of where? The park is at Rutgers, Rutgers where? In New York, New York is where? In America. So, so having this conversation and seeing this Noah Lyles and seeing my black intellectual uh, counterparts and the black intellectuals that I look up to join on to this anti-American sentiment about the N- NBA, I feel personally attacked because I have a personal relationship to the NBA. Not the NFL. This is different. Yeah. The NFL is different. The NFL is slavery. NBA feels like a partnership between businessmen. Right. I could be wrong. I could be off. Well, these are just my thoughts. <laughs> so, so uh, just to recap, I don't appreciate Noah Lyle's comments. I don't think they are smart. I don't think that he was reaching for an intellectual ideology about decentering American sports. I think Noah Lyle's is a fucking hater. And I think if anybody watched that press conference for longer than that clip you would not be a friend of, you would not be a fan of Lord Noah Lyles and we just we're just lightly glossing over the fact that he throwing shade at Shakira Richardson who is the reason why track will be popular so to answer his question how does the how does track gain popularity oh we lean on Shakira Richardson that's what we do the fuck this nigga here you got any comments sweetheart what you got uh, you do make a good point about the connection between the NBA and patriotism, and also, yeah, like why did he come for Shakari? Because if it weren't for Shakari, nobody would really give a fuck about track right now. Nobody would give a fuck about track right now. <laughs> He's definitely. I would even argue. I'm sitting there thinking, like, name a male American track star, like any of them, right? I can think of one, Michael Johnson, and that was back and that was back when I was a kid. But I can think of Marion Jones, I can think of Flojo, I can think of Shakari Richardson, I can think of all these black women. Uh, what's her name? Who just oh uh, Felix, uh, Allison yeah, Felix. Felix. I can think of all these black women, these black track, these black track stars. But these the, black boys not doing well. The only one I can think of is is Jesse Owens, and that was like <laughs> Jesse Owens. Oh wow, <laughs> Jesse Jesse Owens. <laughs> so in order for Noah Lyles to reach Jesse Owens, he got to beat Hitler. <laughs> oh God, oh my God. Micah says Tyrese Halliburton. <laughs> I have never heard of that man. That's crazy. Who we play for? Who he play for? That's a track runner. That's what he said. Oh, Talking about who United States. That's who he play for. He was, That's who he play for. <laughs> damn. 
damn. <laughs> damn. And Chris Allen said good morning. What up, Chris? Good morning, hey, man. Chris. Good morning, man. I just see Troy just on Troy is on uh, uh on Instagram. What up, Maurice? Good morning to you, brother. Maurice. I see Jordan. What up, Jordan? How you doing, brother? Jordan, uh actually what's crazy is oh, I have you on my list of people to talk about. Oh damn. Yeah, my man Jordan, I gotta get on the radio, baby. Yeah, let me know how to get on. How do I get on the radio? Cause, you know what I mean? Niggas giving me too many compliments. I know my head ain't got big. All right, sweetheart. <laughs> Let's do this. Uh I'm gonna roll this blunt while I'm rolling this blunt. Let's take a quick intermission. Hold on, we got any more comments? Uh, Micah says no. Nah, he plays for the Pacers and Team USA. See you. Oh, he do play for them. Damn. Damn. I was wrong. <laughs> Damn. Tyrese Halliburton. But even still, for the Pacers. <laughs> the Pacers. <Damn. laughs> um, Never heard of this man. That's crazy. Yeah, we're not watching many Pacers game up in here, sweetheart. We're not watching many Pacers game up in here. All right, we're going to take this quick break. We'll be right back. We're going to watch Space with our good girl, Odd Mojo, who's right over my shoulder right here. Make sure y'all check that out on all streaming services, Odd Mojo, O-D-D-M-O-J-O, uh, wherever you can get it. Listen to Space on YouTube, and uh, we'll be right back with more. Who wake and make we be? Mo what? space. <laughs> hey yo bro. Yeah, wake up. Where's my packages? Sun telling me you don't really care. 
living life on the edge. Nah, I don't want that near. Yo, they say, uh, they say a lot of things, but they don't really mean it. Hey, whoa, I can tell that you're feeling. Whoa, for my company. You wanna be all over me? Manipulate with Jack. Nah, I gotta protect my space. Hey, whoa. I need some space right now. I need some space, space. Yeah, I need some space right now. I need some space, space. Whoa, six feet away. Get your OJ. I'm smoking on the personal. Hey, and this is personal. I'm going on a trip. Need some space like Capricorn is. So please respect this. It don't got nothing to do with y'all. I'm finding my bliss, setting boundaries, you cannot bound. I need some space, right now, oh, right now. Get in touch with my life, uh, it's a beautiful sight. Do you know that we celestial beings? Are all stars, yeah, we are not the same. Going tall from the plains, sprouting real high, oh my, manifested from the skies. Oh yeah, my circle real small. Keep my family around me like we fast and fierce tall. Need some space around y'all, yeah, I need some space around y'all. I need some space right now, I need some space. I need some space right now, I need some space, space. Faded into the, you'll see. I faded into the video. <laughs> <laughs> we want to thank you, Odd Mojo, for letting us use space. Uh, make sure y'all check that out on all social media platforms, all streaming platforms, all music video platforms. Space by my girl Odd Mojo. Love the video. Throw some comments in there. Throw some, mm-hmm. throw some compliments at my girl Odd Mojo. I love the, I love the insecure, itty of it all. Not the insecurity of the of the video, yeah. but the insecure of the show. This insecureness. The insecure esque. Ness <laughs> of the insecure dis. I don't know. Man, look, man, the video good, bro. Yeah, <laughs> the video good. But you know what time it is? It's time for some blunt manifestations. Blunt manifestations. Sweetheart, you go first. <laughs> hmm. I think on Thursday we talked about financial promptness. Getting mm-hmm. the fuck up out of here. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say the ability to to connect with others, like family members, friends, be able to travel, you know, oh. spend time with people. 
and also uh, praying for safety or manifesting safety. Manifesting safety. Yeah, there's um. <laughs> and connection and travel. What's up? A crazy ass hurricane that's in the the Atlantic Ocean right now, and they say it might be like a Category Seven or some shit, but like it's coming up like our way. So Category Seven. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I was in Katrina. Yeah. It only goes up to five. Yeah, I know. Right. I was there for the five. Right. It was a wild night, baby. <laughs> it was a wild night, man. And I was, I was, I'm not even close to the coast. I think by the time I got to Greenwood, it was like a category four. That joint was crazy. I ain't wow. never seen some shit like that before, man. Just trees floating in the air. That's how, that's how windy it was. Just motherfucking, and I, no, not floating like branches in the air. And I meant like trees, Don't my nigga. From the roots, like. Yeah. <laughs> trees floating, dancing in the air. Um, let's see, what do we manifest? I still need that financial promptness, okay? You yeah. feel me? Right, right, right. Um, Money flowing to you quickly and with ease. I need a little, I, I would like to manifest a little courage. Okay. That's a good one. Um, in the things that I do, you know, the new Blueprint newsletter, the parlors, the potential new Black Brain Trust, this show, uh, the magazine, my little dabbles in music from time to time, writing for the Informer and the Bridge, um, sometimes I get scared. Okay. And that fear freezes me. And I find myself, like right now, uh, I have three articles written for the newsletter and I also have like four clips that are just sitting on my phone and sitting on assets because I don't, I can't even, I can't even fully put to words why I'm afraid to release them, but there is a real fear here. So I like to manifest a little courage. I mean, a little courage, a little strength, courage, and wisdom. Is that the song? Ah. <laughs> um, yeah, I like to manifest a little courage, and I'm going to do that while lighting this blunt. Is it analysis paralysis? Is it analysis paralysis? It's the, you know what it is? Here we are, full circle. It's the same reason why we took a long-ass break to begin with. Okay. It's the same fear. It's the fear that uh, no matter what I do, I won't get the results that I... Uh-oh, there it is. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> there it is. I was about to say the word. No matter what I do, I won't get the results that I deserve. And there it is. Hmm. Expectation. <clears throat> there it is. I like to manifest myself distance from expectation. I like that. Uh, wake and bake with people nights. <clears throat> I need them blunt manifestations, okay? <laughs> what are y'all manifesting? Because these motherfuckers is working. I don't. <laughs> these motherfuckers is working. Although the lady of the house made a little Freudian slip that maybe we just praying. But either way, <laughs> it's working. <laughs> All right, sweetheart, we got one more topic we got to get to today. And I have 100% forgot what it is. Can you help me out? Uh, Russell? Ah! Mm. 
Oh, Chris Allen said, "Amen." Oh Lord! <laughs> oh, don't 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 do that. <laughs> Natalie said, "Okay, India, I'll read them for you, Bimo." Do what? Okay, India, I'll read them for you, Bimo. Read them, India. I don't know. I'm you lost. Go to India? I don't know. You know where I'm trying to go. <laughs> Fiji. A nigga trying to get to Fiji. <laughs> I don't know how we get there. I don't know how much. I don't even. Is Fiji in Indonesia? This it's an island. It's like near, but it's not in it. And then Natalie said, hashtag same manifestation. Mm. Distance from expectation. So we can mm-hmm. we can continue on with the mission, baby. We got things to what happened? I just blacked out for a second. We got things mm. to do. All right. Mm. La Russell. Mm-hmm. Um, I've no I'm sorry my man Nico Nick Neal make sure y'all follow him at Nick Neal on all social media platforms my man Nico sent me the Russell a while ago and he said I'm very surprised that you're not already a fan of LaRussell and if you've never listened to LaRussell before the moment you listen to him you'll hear it and be like oh that makes sense LaRussell is a motivational speaker in the disguise of a rapper Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my favorite rappers and I don't give a fuck what y'all say about skill one of my favorite rappers is Young Jeezy Lady House will tell you <laughs> Young Jeezy playing in this house all the time I even said when I was a kid the lady I'm gonna marry will know the words to Thug Motivation one on one and then here we are on a road trip about two years ago and I'm playing standing ovation and who do I hear uh, rapping the words along with standing ovation <laughs> lady of the house okay once we get out of here the ring is coming lady I'm telling you <laughs> it's coming god damn it anyway um the reason why I love Young Jeezy is because Young Jeezy, when he first came out, a lot of y'all might not be old enough to remember, but Young Jeezy refused to call himself a rapper. He called himself a motivational speaker. Young Jeezy said he didn't have concerts. He had seminars. <laughs> uh, uh, and my 14-year-old mind was like, I fuck with that. <laughs> I'm into that. I'm into that. The Russell was very much not the same... Uh, conversation because LaRussell does not talk about crack sales. LaRussell talks about coming from the bottom, escaping poverty, monetizing your creativity, being the best that you can be. Uh, a lot of people, oh, not a lot of people, but Charlemagne has called him the the altruistic side of hip-hop, the, the return of uh, positive rap, the return of conscious rap to a certain degree. LaRussell has made it onto my uh, uh, got to get to it playlist, you know what I mean? Russell is really an inspirational figure. But something something has bothered me about Russell recently after he put up this, this post that I'm going to show you. And I find myself, after seeing this, distancing myself from Russell. Now, I kind of had saw it before, but I didn't really accept it. We talked about on this show about three weeks ago how uh, in this dream, fantastic black land that is beyond Afrofuturism, the end point of consumerism is not to have customers, but the end point of consumerism is to build community. 
right? There is a, and I, I hate to say the word capitalism because I feel like the moment that I say capitalism, some of y'all look at me and roll your eyes with, with like, oh my God, here you go talking about that systematic racism shit that we can't, we can't really touch. But here's the thing though, like we can touch it. The, the systemics of capitalism do seem broad, overbearing, and overwhelming, but the fact of the matter is we can beat it. Uh, because capitalism is too big to work in nuanced spaces. Mm-hmm. I'm not an economist. That's just something uh, that I have experienced in my life. So ask my home homegirl Saskia if the economy makes sense. But in my mind, that's how it's always made sense. That the capitalism as a concept is too big to work in nuanced spaces. Wrong or right, that's just how I live. Anyway, uh, we talked on here how the end point of consumerism when it comes to creating products and our sustainable future won't be how many records can you sell it won't be how many wooden horses can you sell it won't be how many customers will you have it will be your value as a product in the community Is the thing that you are creating only creating things that make you money or is the thing that you are creating creating things that can help an entire community? Mm-hmm. And just to put my capitalist hat back on for a second, if your endpoint is community, you'll make more money. Right. <laughs> Me and Micah actually discovered this. I don't know if you remember this, Micah. Of course you remember this because you was making the money. Uh, when we were doing, it was a one show. I feel like it was right around Heart Song, Thanksgiving time. We had a donate only ticket, like donations only, donate what you want only. Mm-hmm. We made more money at that donate what you want money show than any ticketed show that I had been a part of. Yeah. Yeah. Because if the if the endpoint of your product is to enhance a community, then individual sales are kind of like what? Okay. Right. <laughs> okay. Again, going to the question: What are we supposed to do with these niggas with money? So LaRusso posts this and put this up. Sweetheart, LaRusso posts these three posts, <laughs> and I find myself growing distant. So I need a little help from you, sweetheart, and the people of the Wake and Bake with Bemo Night community. Am I tripping? That should be that should be the new Tuesday segment. Am I tripping? <laughs> Am I tripping, or is this nigga pulling from consumerism? Like consumer is the endpoint. Read this for me, sweetheart, because you know my eyes bad, and you can click through this. It's a carousel. Mm-hmm. Okay. I can't accept every offer because every offer. Oh, hold on. Oh. Sorry. So, um, Lil Russell. I've got to connect it to. So in the thing that I talk about donation on the situation, La Russell for his concerts that happen in his backyard at his house, La Russell and for his merchandise for that matter, La Russell accepts offers, mm-hmm. not donations, not pay what you can offers. You can send an offer to La Russell to get a ticket to his house. You can send an offer to La Russell to get merchandise for his situation. All right, go ahead now. So sorry. Um, and an offer sounds more like a bid than, you know. Oh, keep going. Keep okay. going. I can't accept every offer because every offer isn't considerate of how special I am. I'm okay with people being upset at me for be- for me believing I'm worth more than a dollar, $5, $10, any amount. Your convenience shouldn't be my inconvenience. No matter what you offer, know I'm worth every single penny of it. This is the greatest show on earth. What do you mean no matter what you offer? <laughs> keep going. 
a lot of people ask what is a fair offer for tickets the answer is simple what would you want someone to offer you if you allow people into your home around your family fed them hugged them provided daycare and gave them an experience of a lifetime what would you want to get paid you know what my answer to that question is What's it? nothing right my answer to that question is zero right what you mean BMO you put up all this money to have a show like I've done Urbane I've done the speakeasy situation. I've done show and tell. I did the independent band showcase. All of these situations are opportunities where I wanted audience members to fall absolutely in love with the artists who were performing for them. Mm -hmm. Love for the performance from audience to presenter. If I could have done that and charged zero dollars, I'd still be doing it now. Keep going, sweetheart. If you traveled all the way across the country with a full band, not seeing your family for days to allow people to experience you, how much would you want someone to offer you? Use your heart and consider all I've had to go through and build for this to be possible. Treat me no different than you treat Disneyland. This shit independent and black owned, self-funded. I'm deserving just like Walt. And there is my, there is what, there is my contention, sweetheart. I believe La Russell to be more important to the black imagination, to the thought processes of young black men than Walt Disney, than Disneyland. Disneyland is an attraction in which people get on a ride and they get off. Mm -hmm. They pay for overpriced turkey legs. They stand in queues that are longer than anything they've standed in their life to provide a, a curated version of an imagination that they think they have bought into. But Russell, to me, is way more important than that. So to treat him as an attraction, when in actuality he is a cultural asset, bothers me. And maybe I'm tripping. No, that makes sense. You know what I mean? May, I, I, maybe I'm a little off. Maybe I'm a little sensitive, but I feel like this is the wrong way. And we don't even talk about right or wrong on this show because we feel like the the spectrum of correctness is way bigger than the poles of right or wrong. And we also don't believe that there's a binary because we know that understanding life in a binary is understanding life under whiteness. But like... I feel like that's not the right way to go because right. the end point of black creativity, in my opinion, should be the creation or uh, uh, the additive to community. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Or the seventh question of Africana studies. Uh huh. But how does it free us? <laughs> uh, this, this is cute and everything but how does it free us if we break it down if you don't believe in Sonia, San- Sonia Sanchez if we break it down into art theory the thought process is that uh, art is created out of form and function and only individuals who are still marginalized and oppressed cannot separate the two of form and function which is why hip hop is not only a great music form but is also an outlet mm-hmm. right which is why you exist La Russell, you are not just the form of education. You're not education. You are not just the form of hip hop. You are not just the form of entertainment. You are not just the form of attraction. You are also the function of inspiration, the function of joy, the function of expression. 
and you asking me to treat you less than what you are makes me feel like maybe you confused about your purpose. Mm. And maybe I have given you more purpose than you have given yourself. And maybe I need to free myself from that expectation. Go back to the first slide real quick. Because I just talked very flowerly in a ideological situation. I want to talk very practically. But Russell's problems could be fixed with one thing. Give me a motherfucking ticket price. Right. (laughs) Or give me a range, nigga. Right. Because let me tell you something. I, let me tell you something right now, sweetheart. You remember when I ain't have shit? Yeah. I mean, nothing. And the things we were doing to eat every day were the most desperate things that you have seen on this planet. Mm-hmm. Minus the sweatshops and slavery. <laughs> uh, but damn close. Damn close. And I say that with all empathy for the people who are in those situations. I was close to you, nigga, I'm saying. Um, At that time, getting $5 would have taken me all day. Yeah. And I would have done redundant activities that would have humiliated me, that would have demeaned my intelligence, that would have deemed me as useless, as a useless individual on this American capitalistic system. Like getting $5 would have been the hardest thing I could, getting $5 would have meant, and spending on a concert would have meant I couldn't eat that day. Right. And you wondering, damn, Bimo, how you eat on $5 a day? Baby, you can make it work. Mm. I was there. <laughs> If I had taken that, here goes, that $5 from four years ago, five years ago, and the $5 I could give you now are two different $5. And if a young man approached me with the $5 that I had five years ago versus the $5 I had now, I want that young man's $5 from five years ago. As a matter of fact, when he give me the $5, I'm gonna take it and I'm gonna give him back 10. Because that should be the purpose that should be the function of your art, right? To motivate, to push, to pull. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe I'm tripping. You know what I'm saying? Maybe I'm tripping. I thought, I maybe, you know what I'm saying? I don't know. I asked you, sweetheart, and I asked the Wake and Bake people nice. Am I tripping? I don't think so. Because, it's, yeah, I feel like the goal should be to build community, like you said, and all that's doing is alienating people. No, you could take Russell down now. What do the people say? We got any comments? No. Well, not on that. Okay. I want to know. I want. I want to know from people if I'm if I'm if I'm tripping or gnaw. Like I understand, you know, <laughs> niggas got bills, niggas got to eat, but like, yeah, you're also talking about you're opening your home to people, feeding them, you know, hugging them. Mm-hmm. That sounds like having a village, you know, creating community. Why are you over here saying, oh, I'm not going to accept you because your best offer is not good enough for me? Because he has standards for himself. Remember he said that. I have uh, people get upset with me. Why should should your inconvenience be my inconvenience? I thought because maybe we was a community, but I guess not. I am a consumer. And I don't like feeling like a consumer. You know what I mean? The only time I want, the only time I want to feel like a consumer is at Nordstrom's. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I don't feel like the Russell is Nordstrom's. Yeah. That's all. 
We got the other comments before we get to the burning question. Because I hear the construction folks. Yeah. For the road. Um, Drew said, good morning. Good morning, Drew. What's up, man? Hey, good morning. Uh, Natalie said, oh, her manifestation was strength, courage, and wisdom. And then India was referring to NDRE. Oh, yeah, of course. Okay. That's who that is. <laughs> strength, courage, and wisdom. <laughs> Love NDRE. <laughs> Love it to death. That's all the comments? Mm-hmm. All right. You know what time it is, sweetheart. Oh, um, Maurice said, the Panthers charged to give power to the people. They charged? I thought the breakfast, I thought the breakfast club was free. Did they charge or did they have dues, nigga? Is a difference. He said nothing. Oh, they charged oh, nothing. Charged nothing. Okay. That's what I thought. Yeah, that's what I say. <laughs> it shouldn't cost you nothing. I don't know. Did it cost you something to get into the NAACP? I don't. I feel like it shouldn't. Um, I was trying to join our chapter, you know, in Tampa back in the day. I don't think there were dues, but. Um, and which is the difference between dues and fees. True. True, 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 true. Because, see, I've been a part of a couple of organizations. If there's dues, you can literally watch your dues filter through the organization, through right. the minutes and the accountability and the transparency of the finances. Like, you pay $100, you can know your $100 paid for them fruit snacks that at the after-school program. You can see it. Yeah. <laughs> hey, BMO, here go your $10 right here. Here go your $20 over here. We use $40 for the preacher. You know what I'm saying? Had the guest preacher come in. I'm like, okay, cool. And Micah says, not chirping, paying for your experience is fine, but don't advertise community as a mask for consumerism. Exactly. Exactly. Very true. And that ties into my burning question, actually. Uh-oh. What's the burning question? Roach. With that in mind, what are we supposed to do with these niggas with money? Because, like, <laughs> he's not... It doesn't seem like he's putting it back into the people who are, you know, pouring into him, so... Or are, is he? I mean, I don't know. He's not doing the Nipsey thing. 